Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I am with Petra Higby, who is the founder and president of the Caviar Co., which is a San Francisco-based company, and she also has one of the most elegant champagne and caviar rooms in Tiburon, which is right on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. Petra, thank you for being with us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be included and to get to talk to you this morning. Yeah, this is going to be great because I just, first of all, love caviar, love champagne, and love your stories. You started this company with your sister in 2015. I've got to ask, how did two young women from Texas who were raised on steak and potatoes end up in San Francisco with a caviar company? What lured you to California? Uh, so my sister, she's she's two years older than I am. And so but she's always been someone that, you know, if Saskia likes it, then I know I'll like it. Or if Saskia will wear it, then I'll wear it. All through, pretty much through my whole life. I used to be a really picky eater and I would have Saskia taste it and I would be like, well, I like this. And she'd be like, yeah, you'll like it. And then I would eat it. But if she's like, oh, I don't think you're going to like that, I wouldn't even touch it. So basically, Saskia is kind of how I um, got out here. We have an aunt who lived in Carmel. And Saskia was uh, getting her, working on her CPA license at the time. And she did a summer internship in Carmel living with my aunt. And she would spend a lot of time going to the city. And she just fell in love with the city. And she always said, one day I will live in San Francisco. And I was like, okay, cool. That sounds great. Good for you. I cheer you on when you do that, you know? And so then she went back, she was going to school at TCU in Fort Worth at the time. And then she went back and started her career as a CPA working in Fort Worth. And then I, when I graduated from college, I moved right out to Carmel. I, I actually had my sights on um, going to business school at Stanford. When I graduated, I had this whole new feeling of purpose and excitement to, to change the world, you know, to do something impactful. And I filed a patent my senior year in college. And I, I drove up to Amarillo at five o'clock in the morning to be in a patent attorney's office at 8 a.m. when they open. And I kept thinking like, you know, maybe I could be the person to get into Stanford GSB young and be that person to challenge other people who have like more work experience and be the person to ask maybe the stupid questions and maybe to say, why not? You know, and I'm sure people listening to this right now who are familiar with, um, I guess any any graduate school of business are probably laughing a little bit that I was a little naive probably. But basically, long story short, I took the GMAT twice and 
really kicked my ass twice. And I was really disappointed, really disappointed about it. And my aunt was like, you know what? Come out to Carmel, live with me for the summer. Let me see if we can, let me talk to my girlfriends. Maybe I can help you get a great internship out here. And she did. She was amazing. And she, one of her friends connected me with uh, Coastal Luxury Management. And they are the company, they were put on the Pebble Beach Food and Wine and LA Food and Wine. Right. And so my project was LA Food and Wine. And I just fell in love with hospitality. I fell in love with the work ethic, the real meaning of hospitality, of taking care of people, having fun, being friendly, being hospitable. And so I really fell in love with food and wine. And when my internship was over, I was thinking like, okay, so I can either go back to Texas or and maybe go to Dallas, which is like where kind of everyone who graduated from the, I went to Texas Tech University and that's where everyone goes um, pretty much after you graduate. Or I could maybe go to San Francisco and I had never been to San Francisco before. And I had um, always been a little intimidated by big cities and just traffic, you know, and cars running around quickly on highways and, um, and things like that. But I was like, you know what? If I don't do this now and I move back to Texas, then I'm pretty sure that I won't come back to California. You know, just the way life works and moving across the country twice isn't that convenient at any, anyway. And right. um, so I was like, okay, I'll move to San Francisco. And I called my sister and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to try to move to San Francisco. Do you want to do it together? And she was like, yeah. And so she quit her job. And we moved to San Francisco together. We we each had a Bernice Mountain dog. Oh my um, gosh. So that was a fun challenge to try to find somewhere that would be willing to uh, <laughs> with two Bernice Mountain right. dogs. I mean people would want to like hang up on me whenever I would tell them <laughs> I was calling for So so for you li- So you literally moved to San Francisco with no job. Right. Nowhere to live. And I had never been before. An adventure. My sister said she liked it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I trusted my sister's judgment. (laughs) You got to explain. How did you decide you were going to create a caviar company? Well, my first job out here was working for a caviar company. Oh, And and that was also, um, that was, and I got that connection through my internship. Okay. And so I I have been in caviar for over 10 years now. Okay. And that was a very long-winded answer to a very simple question. (laughs) No. It lays the groundwork. Can you describe one of the first moments you had caviar? Yes, because I had never had caviar before starting my job. I can remember getting to do like a staff training and go through the different varieties of caviar. And I went to school for speech, language, and hearing sciences. So I love anatomy and physiology and and the science of what's going on. And I loved to learn like what affected the eggs and to be able to taste different types of caviar side by side and really learn how the eggs vary based on where they're from or whether it's the species. 
I just thought it was the most fascinating thing. And um, I now I'm like a caviar nerd. <laughs> like I, I, that's my favorite thing about caviar actually is to always have the variety. And that's a big part of what we try to offer today is the variety so that not only can people learn what they really love, but they can also help keep our industry accountable. Right. For example, with wine, you know, I'm sure you can relate to this, that you've heard about all of the like counterfeit wine or the mislabeling with, but unless you know, you can be like, oh, this isn't a hundred percent Pinot Noir. You know, there's something, <laughs> there's something, there's something a little off here right. and uh, to know something's wrong or something's being mislabeled or misleading. I feel like at restaurants, you know, we really try to encourage our chefs to disclose and say, this is the type of caviar on our menu, not just American caviar, because, or just caviar, even, you know, it'll say a mousse bouche with top of caviar. Right. And what does that mean? Right. It's just such a general term. Right. It is. And it's not all created equal. And that was a big thing that my sister and I, our mission was to show that and also to prove, you know, some people would say, oh, well, you know that the only good caviar is coming from Russia. Russia. You know, we would get these comments. And first of all, what's really funny when you hear those comments is that you haven't actually been able to get caviar from Russia since like 2007. <laughs> so <laughs> there's this, again, like misinformation around the industry. And there's a real fine line of, obviously, we don't want anyone to feel stupid when they're having these conversations. Sure. But if you come off like, really kind of snooty and and again that's what we don't want to be with our industry we don't want it to be snooty and we don't want it to be something that you're pretentious when eating it or that it feels intimidating to others right i want it to be like a really approachable um, product exactly and making it an everyday indulgence that, that would be great. Yeah. And we're seeing, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but caviar is really having a moment right now. And we have seen people just buying caviar just because, you know, we also get, of course, that's that special occasion moment, but we right. are trying to put it in the same world as wine. You know, maybe mm -hmm. uh, when you open up a bottle at home, you're not going for the bottle of Opus One, but you're still going for a really nice, like Russian River Pinot, just to have your wine after a long day. And it doesn't feel so much like it doesn't have to be celebratory, but I also at the same time want to like give yourself that pause to be like, I deserve this. I had a hard day at work and I'm going to have me some caviar. Right. You know? right. Well, I mean, I think what you're doing is that you're in your business, you have a variety of different grades of caviar. And so one could be your everyday indulgence and another one could be for your special occasion. So you have a caviar right. for every every moment in life, right? Exactly. I like to say we have a caviar for every day of the week. So let's talk about what makes your caviar company different from all the rest. We get from all around Sacramento. We like Alberta, Wilton. Um, there are a handful of caviar farms all around. And then we import product as well. We get some product from 
Poland, France, China, Israel, Uruguay. It's a pretty big range. So what's really interesting, we don't own a farm. And part of why we don't own a farm is we want to make sure that we can always maintain quality, especially with chefs. Like we work with some of the most wonderful and amazing chefs in the world, and they're counting on us to provide them with consistent product, you know? And so sometimes a, ca a caviar farm can have a bad yield. They can have an issue with the water. They can have an issue with the weather. And so by not owning our farm, it allows us to still have that a little bit more flexibility. You know, we definitely have our farms that we we prefer to stick with, but we also have standards to uphold. Let's talk about how you as a business, a caviar company, how you differentiate yourself. What makes the Caviar Co. the best company out there to buy caviar from? There are a few different factors that, that pull that in. One of the main ones is that we have such a quick turnover with product. A lot of caviar companies will pull product aside and have, you know, this is what's going to chefs and this is what's going to our retail customers or direct to consumers. Right. And we pull everything from the same pot. So it's really great because our retail customers and people who order online, you know, they're getting the same quality and exact same product that we would have been shipping to like single thread in right. Healdsburg. And, and then our chefs benefit from it because we move through so much product. Don't sit on the same product for more than two days, I would say. And so our chefs get the really high, fresh, quick turnover product, pretty much always, always really fresh and fre newly packed. But then our retail customers get top quality product too. Whereas again, a lot of caviar companies like, oh, well, I can sell this to a retail customer because they don't know any better oh, and that's um that's not how we like to do our business and it benefits everyone because like i said we have no waste we have fresh product all the time for everyone what keeps you going inspired and uh, motivated to keep going you know i i can honestly say that i i truly love what i do i i love going to work I have two kids and like, I love to be home with my kids. They bring me so much joy, but I also love to get in my car, go to work, be with my team. Like we have such a great team and always there's someone laughing, making jokes, giving someone a hard time. You know, there's a good amount of banter, but we just have a really good time. And I feel like my team makes me feel really good personally. <laughs> like they make me feel like I'm funny, that I just like trust them so much. And that's a big part of it. You know, if you go to work every day and you don't like who you're working with, that changes things. Oh, and sure. I, I look forward to going to work every day. A good dynamic group of people that you work with. Is it true it's all female? Yeah, well, our delivery driver and like head shipping is um, a male, but okay. everyone else is female. So you're from our you're... chef. We now have a female chef. Oh, and, fantastic! Um, everyone else is yeah female. Okay, girl power at its best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we get a lot done. I tell you that they're powerhouse. That's fantastic. I am curious who your role model is. Is there someone that's mentored you along the way or is there a role model that has helped you with your career? 
You know, I, I really look up to my dad. Uh, he has always, you know, been a really, really hard worker. Even now he's still like, he does the early mornings. He'll wake up. Sometimes he will wake up at two 30 to go to work, to drive. He drives all around West Texas. And so depending where he has to go, he will wake up anywhere between two 30 and three 30 to go to work have a good attitude about it, come home, have dinner. Well, now it's just he and his mom. So he'll have dinner at with my mom, you know, spends that time with all of us and has been really from day one been my inspiration. And I've always known that I wanted to create my own success and not just live off of his and, you know, say, oh, thanks for your hard work, dad. Can I get this? <laughs> like I wanted to be able to pay it forward to him too like it makes me so excited when they come into town to visit me and I get to like pay for their dinner right. you know and pay it forward and he's always really taught me that it's it's important to to work and to work ethically and that you can be successful by working ethically you don't you know I think sometimes in life these days especially you find more people who are almost more willing to like Put, they put a lot of work in to figure out how to work as little as possible mm-hmm. or like to kind of cut some corners or, you know, maybe cheat a little bit. Whereas if they were just to do it right from the get go, it's actually probably the same amount of work and they would be just as, just as, or if not more successful. And um, I think I've learned that uh, from my dad. Top moment of your career so far? This year has been a really, really exciting year. A year and a half ago, we did Paris Hilton's wedding. That was really exciting. That was kind of a big aha moment. But I also, you know, I'm a big Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fan. (laughs) And I got to go. Your guilty indulgence. Yeah, it's like between Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or The Office. That's all I watch. <laughs> but I got to go be a part of the filming uh, back in March and serve caviar at uh, for the show, which was really exciting. That was kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is wild. I used to watch this in college, and now here I am getting to like kind of be a part of it and sit behind the producer's table and hear the commentary from the producers and and be a part of something so cool. Well, it's because you're so cool. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I I appreciate that. I I don't feel cool most of the time, but um so I appreciate you saying that. Absolutely. So I've got to ask, what's your all-time favorite caviar? It's pretty easy for me to say is the Siberian sturgeon. Okay. I really love it always makes me pause and be like, oh, damn, that's good. Oh, yeah. Like, how did I forget that, how good that is? You know, I think it's kind of, um, I think it's a really good value product for an imported product to be under $100. So I appreciate that. And I just think the flavor is really nice. If someone is really after texture, though, like if they're used to old school caviar come, when they could get it from Russia and get like the belugas, then they might be a little disappointed in the texture of Siberian. But I think the flavor, it really gives me that like umami kind of Parmesan cheese. It's just like smooth and sexy. I I keep going. I just think it's one of my favorite products for sure. Obviously, the popular pairing with caviar is sparkling wine or champagne. Is that your pairing of choice or do you like your caviar with other beverages? 
I think it depends on who I'm with, what we're doing, and what we're hoping to accomplish for the rest of the night. Um, I personally, I just love champagne with or without caviar. Like I love bubbles, and right. I love to have champagne and French fries. Even oh, I love that, that combo so too. Happy. <laughs> yeah. And so it's hard to go away from champagne, but I think whenever you're getting into like just feeling more adventurous and to feel, uh, to explore different pairings and how they, how the two products like play together or don't play together, mm -hmm. I think it's really fun. So Rodney Wages, he has Avery here in San Francisco and he's an amazing chef and he knows a lot about sake. And sake and caviar is really Ooh, fun. Yeah. You know, um, he is so good at finding, I mean, he also knows a lot about champagne, but um, he can find some really, really fun pairings with that. And my husband's a big beer guy. And so we've done some beer exploring with beer a little mm -hmm. bit. We say the rules are there are no rules. Right. <laughs> just, it's just what do you fun. like? Yeah. What do you like? And, and what enhances the flavors, right? Right, because you obviously don't want to have something that's going to completely cover up what you're enjoying, you right. know, but it's really fun to see how pairings work either in a contrasting way, positively, right. or in a parallel way, mm -hmm. you know, like teamwork. It's, mm -hmm. it's really fun to see how they complement each other. Did you invent the caviar bump? No, no. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we do it a lot. It's so much fun. And it's, it's so the caviar bump has been around for decades and de decades. I had um, never heard so, it, of it until I explored having your company at our annual Bubbles and Rosé event. And they were like, well, we could do these caviar bumps. And I'm like, caviar bumps? <laughs> I'm like, God, am, am I old? <laughs> You know, I never heard of such a thing. And I was like, well, how inventive and super cool and hip. So I'm going to give you all that credit. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. But I unfortunately can't claim it. None of us can. A long, long time ago, caviar used to be really inexpensive. There was so much caviar around. And you could go to like the local fish market and buy a big traditional caviar tins. We call that an original tin. And that's what every farm, everyone around the world uses when they make their caviar is they put them in these big blue tins. And so you used to be able to go to the fish market and they'd have all these blue tins and open them, but you were able to take a little taste before deciding which kilo mm -hmm. you wanted to buy. Right. And so they would just slap some on the back of your wrist or like it's been going on for so long. It was before they had like the plastic ice cream tasting spoons, you know? Right. So that's where it was invented. But then there are so many other benefits to doing the caviar bump. That little bit of body temperature, that heat kind of almost aerates the caviar, makes all the oils really come out and you get the full flavor of the caviar. It is truly the best way to taste caviar by itself. Yeah. You know, people love it. They put their fists together and do like, you know, cheers as if they're doing a tequila shot. And <laughs> it's a really fun. How do you like to enjoy your caviar? Do you like to do the bump or do you like a bellini or do you like your caviar serves some other way? I have really been on a Pringles kick lately. <laughs> so I love it if I'm doing something fun and casual like we um 
got invited to go to a Coachella party at Leo DiCaprio's house a few weeks ago, and we did Pringles and Caviar, and that was just really fun and playful. Right. Um, I also, I just love brioche and chives. Right. I don't do any of the accoutrement. Um, I don't do the capers, the lemon, those really strong flavors, because historically those were meant to mask right. spoiled caviar. Mm-hmm. And so I like to keep it relatively simple. If I was serving it in my house and having a little party and I wanted just to have a little bit of a special moment, I would get um, roast, like I would roast fingerling potatoes um, and cut them in half, fill the middle with a little bit of crumb fresh topped with caviar and some chives and that's just a really nice bite all together and also it allows you like with the potato and with a little bit of chive you can use probably like a lower cost caviar depending right. on how many people you're wanting to serve if all of our listeners are salivating <laughs> and want to make this <laughs> part of their everyday life what i found interesting and super fun is that you offer a few clubs. How is that going? What makes one club better than the other? There's a variety of price points. So we have our Sapphire Club that you get a shipment twice a year. And then I think the main thing, it really depends on how often you're wanting to enjoy caviar and keeping the shelf life in mind. So our Sapphire is twice a year. Our our Emerald is quarterly. And then our Diamond is every month. Some people who just like to have caviar in their fridge at all times. And so it is definitely really good value. We completely maximize the value of the club and, and you get a really good variety of caviar as well as a few little trinkets and bells and whistles along the way. And so like, for example, we just did our recent club shipment for, for our Emerald members and for that, we actually partnered with one of our chefs, Chef Robbie at Le Fantastique in the city. And he serves our caviar on these duck fat madelines with smoked crumb fresh and caviar. And so we were able to get him to make those for us. So we sent those along with the shipment for people to get to try. And we he was able to make it, you know, to freeze them and cryovac them and and everything like that so people all over the country could enjoy what he's created and what he's chosen to serve our caviar on so that was really fun and then um i mean we're actually contemplating closing the club as in like our membership is getting a little bit big (laughs) so if you're contemplating joining i recommend doing it sooner than later just because we want to make sure that we can still make it very curated and very special for for our members because we understand that it is an investment it's not inexpensive by any means and we want to make sure that we can uh, give our members all the attention that they deserve learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com Well, let's shift on to your personal life. You live in the Belvedere Lagoon area in a charming Cape Cod cottage surrounded by the water. How did you choose to live there? Tell me the story. Uh, So we've been wanting, ever since we knew the lagoon existed, we've wanted to live there. I mean, my husband, I'm a Pisces. I've meant, I'm meant to be by the water, you know, and my husband And then you married a professional professional sailor, sailor. (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 
And so both of us really love to be by the water. And we went to a friend's house on the lagoon and we're like, oh my gosh, we have to, this is the goal. This is the dream. We have to get here one day. And so we had our house in, we were in Strap in the Strawberry neighborhood of Mill Valley. We turned our garage into a bedroom. So we added 400 square feet onto our house. But the funny thing is, is that my husband did the majority of it himself. And so he even like got all the plans approved by Marin County. He drew out all the plans with a pencil on graph paper and like went into Marin County and got them all approved. And I mean, he had to go back like 10 times, but he, he got Aww. there in the end and, and made it happen. And, and during the time that the housing was just going crazy, we're like, you know what, maybe I was pregnant. Of course, we always do things when we make our lives as crazy as possible, basically. <laughs> um, I was pretty pregnant and we're like, well, this house might start to feel a little small by the time our baby gets here with all the supplies. Let's just see what's on the market. And that was it. We decided to move and we found this house and it was, it had actually been on the market for a while. Um, it's really, the floors are really crooked because we're between two bodies of water. And I think that's what scared everyone away. And we're like, oh, we don't care. We'll, <laughs> we'll fix that later. And we can still have this house that, you know, in our dream location. And so we have paddle boards in the back. My husband has two sailboats. I'm trying to get him to get rid of one of them because I don't think <laughs> two is really necessary. But um, well, he is a sailor a after week. all. I know, I know. I was like, can't you just maybe give it to someone else on the lagoon and then just borrow it from? Time oh, to I like time? that solution. That. Yeah, maybe take some kids out and, and give them lessons in exchange for getting to use their sailboat. You know. But he didn't buy it. Uh. He's open to it. It sounds like he's he's contemplating it. So we'll see okay. if we can find someone to take it. Well, fingers <laughs> crossed. If we took a step inside your home, what would we see? What is your decorating style? Um, it's kind of a mixture between like we love the Serena and Lily vibe, but also with pops of color. We, my husband and I, both really like a lot of color in our lives. Bright, happy, light. You'd be greeted with a cocktail or a drink right away. You know, we kind of have like a everyone is welcome policy. People just come in our front yard like, hey, guys, what's going on? And that's what we want people coming in and out, kids coming in and out. Nothing is too precious. Like, I mean, I try to keep our kids with like no Cheetos on our beige couch. But, you know, like we're pretty relaxed, I would say. And so we but. But with manners, we right. want to make sure our kids have really good manners. But um, yeah, we just have an open home that anyone is welcome. When you kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to listen to? I go through phases to where sometimes I love the nostalgia of hearing a song and it taking me back like, driving to school in high school in my jeep you know or driving i grew up on a lake going to a lake every weekend where it brings me back to a certain time so whether it's some like old school country or even now i mean 
who doesn't love Taylor Swift, right? I do love a little <laughs> woman. Like, let's go Taylor Swift. I also love when I'm with my husband, we always have kind of chill, beachy reggae music playing in our house, like um, Fortunate Youth or something like that. That's just easy listening, but like good, happy vibes. You are a working mom and wife. Do you have time for a hobby? <laughs> and if so, what is it? I don't really have a hobby right now, actually. I mean, well, you know, I take that back. I, after I had my second son, um, I started playing tennis and I love it. I try to play at least twice a week. I found it's been the best exercise for me, but it's also one of those places. I'm not paying attention to my phone. I'm not thinking about anything else except for my tennis game. And it is like really therapeutic for me, I think. I can, because I do have moments i have some anxiety stuff that i'm working on and i have obviously like a lot of stress in my life from time to time sometimes more than others but like tennis is just such a great outlet and i think too i'm getting that vitamin d because i'm playing outside and getting the endorphins from the exercise and getting to focus on something else entirely it's it's a really good outlet for me Perfect. I, I think that it is much needed. And like you said, you get so many benefits. Now I got to ask, what is your secret to a successful dinner party? Oh, that's so, my husband will laugh at this because he does everything. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, I can, I, I'm really good at getting the goods together in a, most of the time, you know, and I also have, uh, I bring, I'm really good at bringing the alcohol and bringing the caviar that's already in the tin, you know, <laughs> but Alex is like, he's so good at whipping up. He loves to do taco night and he does this really good salsa or he does these amazing uh, onions that are, you know, cooked in butter and truffle honey. And so he loves to do the food. And I love that he loves to do the food because that's not my, my party trick is like chips and queso from Texas. I have really good chips and queso recipe that I make with Velveeta. So basically your husband is your secret to a great dinner party. Is that it? Yes. That's a much better answer. Yes. My husband is the secret <laughs> weapon for for many things in my life <laughs> do you have something that people might be surprised to learn about you rappel down mountains skydive search for hidden treasures well i did quit my job when i met my husband to go travel around the world with him for a sail race which was quite the adventure we did a full lap around the world with the volvo ocean race um it was amazing. I mean, we met when he was here for the America's Cup. He was like, so I have this new race coming up after the Cup where I'm going to, it's the Volvo Ocean Race. It's a really, it's the most prestigious offshore race. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, I don't really know you that well, but yeah, sure. Let's he, do it. He literally swept you off your feet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he continues to do so. Oh, how fantastic. Petra, we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions. You have been a delight to chat with. These five quick questions are very, very lighthearted. What is one word that best describes you? Ambitious. Okay. What's your favorite flower? California poppies. Who's one of your favorite actors? Charlie Hunnan. <laughs> Who is that? He's from, uh, he's very handsome, and he is from 
Sons of Anarchy, and he was just most recently in Shantaram. Oh, okay. What kind of car do you drive? A Porsche. Okay. And what is one of your favorite wine country places that can't miss place in wine country that you love to go to? Um, I, I love Three Sticks for the environment and the wine. Okay, there you have it. Petra, you have been fantastic. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.